What's up, everybody? This is Sean Mangoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. My prayer is that you encounter God as a result of listening to this sermon today. Enjoy. What's going on, folks? Welcome to Hopeland Church, and welcome to part four of Relationships Are Awesome. Today, we're going to talk about uh, three different stages of our life in regards to relationships when it comes to those romantic relationships. And so we're just going to give just some, a little bit of Bible concerning this and just talk about maybe just some practical uh, advice, if you will, some spiritual advice in this. Um, and i um, super excited to do this. And those of you that can join us in person, um, uh, we're going to be in person. Uh, my wife and I both are going to be speaking on this together in person. And so um, hopefully y'all that are out there are going to make it in person um, to our in-person gathering. So um, at any rate, let's jump into this word today. Father, we thank you for your word and we pray that you speak to us. And Lord, just give us, give us today, Holy Spirit, what we need. Um, how we can apply this um, regardless of the stage age, stage and age of where we are individually. But Lord, we know you can meet us where we are and speak to us and give us something that we can apply, that we can process and apply to our life when it comes to walking with you through the different stages of life and our relationships. In Jesus' name, all of God's people said amen. All right, we are going to jump right in, okay? And so, won't be too long with you, uh, with with you today. Uh, just want to kind of uh, talk about these. We might continue a little bit next week, just depending how far we get in in the notes and all that. But um, so, a lot of this is practical. A lot of this, I, I believe, a lot of people out there, you know, whether you know it intuitively or you um, just know it because you've learned. Uh, some things, but um, I hope this is encouraging to you because I believe even as basic as sometimes some of the things we share out in my own viewpoint, I feel like we're, we're, we try to keep it real basic, but we want to be genuine and give you something as, as basic as it might sound or as practical as times as it might sound. Um, I think sometimes if we're not careful, we can get lost in um, getting over spiritual or super spiritual in some ways and just sometimes just applying wisdom uh, and just even practical things can help keep us um, accurate and living right with God. All right, so here we go. Here we go. Um, all right, let's jump in. So uh, the best way to do relationships is God's way, okay? Like like I said, I told you I was gonna get real basic and simple here. Um, and so, but that is so important to say because sometimes even in the church world, if somebody's like in church or around church, maybe they even grew up in church and they got all the church lingo and church jargon and whatever, you know, and just not that I'm hating on anybody that grew up in church or anything, but what I'm saying is sometimes that's like, even in church, we can give like tools or practical things but if somebody has not encountered Jesus, is not walking with God and does not, you know, has not seen Christ and, you know, and like, man, I'm, I'm saved now. Like God, you know, 
It's very hard. I mean, it's impossible to walk with God and for God when you have yet to encounter Jesus. And so, um, and then you've got people that generally encounter Jesus. And, and, and uh, to say that, man, they got fruit in their life of salvation. But, you know, sometimes even those people, they, they, you know, they got a pattern or a cycles of just not healthy relationships, very dysfunctional relationships, even as a Christian, just, you know, and so that's why I wanted to kind of start it out this way is, you know, the, the best way to do relationships is God's way, okay? So with saying that, um, in relationships, and especially what we're going to talk about today is kind of those romantic relationships. We're going to talk about single life and, and being a single and, and dating or not dating, you know, and, and married life a little bit. We'll probably touch on that very little today. But in this journey of somebody's life with God, um, here's my first point. Learn to do relationships with God, okay? Um, and I say learn because it is learned. I say learn because we have emotions. And uh, we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of this. But here it is. If, if you only get one thing from today, I think this, this thought right here I'm about to share with you is so important because it's true and it's, and it's real. And here it is. That in when you're talking about relationships, and today specifically just romantic relationships, somebody's attracted to somebody and want to pursue a relationship with that person. Um, there are, there are absolutes in relationship and there are gray areas. Okay. And so there are a lot of gray areas in relationships in dating, etc. Okay. There's, there's, there's gray areas in romantic relationships, meaning, um, here it is, um, which says that, um, this tells you two things. Okay. When you got gray areas in, in, in something like relationships, Gray areas tell you two things, that the non-negotiables are simple and very clear from the scripture. So there might be gray areas in romantic relationships, and we're going to talk about that. But, but because there's gray areas, and because the Bible isn't clear about every little in and out and process of relationships, there is mystery in relationships. There's gray areas. There's ambiguity. There's things we got to learn. There's things we're going to suffer. There's things, suffer meaning like, man, this didn't work out the way I thought, or man, why, why is this person acting like this? And why am I acting like this, right? There's, there, it's just complex, right? But in the midst of gray areas, complexity, ambiguity, there are absolute truth boundaries in scripture. Like we don't, these are non-negotiable. Doing a relationship like this, like biblically speaking, the Bible basically says, man, do a relationship like this, that's sin. Do it like this, it's of God. Doing this is sin. Like, like adultery is sin. Fornication is sin, right? It's just clear. Like we don't, as Christians, that is not how we do relationships when it speaks of romance. We don't have sex before marriage, right? Like meaning it's wrong. It's, it's clear that that is not God's way. God is not pleased with that. God does not bless that. All right, can I get an amen out there? Um, sex with the same sex, biblically speaking, just in the scripture alone, there is sound doctrine and, and scripture and theology, theology around biblical, God-ordained, God-honoring, God-favoring romantic relationship is between a man and a woman, okay? So we, we say this a lot, we say this all the time, just kind of, hey, this, this is what the Bible says, right? It's God's heart for us. So, so that's clear, 
those are, as a believer, we don't negotiate with those. We we resist those sins. We 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 ask God to deliver us of those sins. We seek God. We we get delivered of those sins, right, and stuff like that. But also, where you have gray areas, where you have some ambiguity, some things you got to figure out is this: what what does it tell us? Where there's when there's gray areas, is that personal conviction must come into play. Okay, so when you got gray areas, I'm going to say it, I'm going to summarize this. When you have gray areas, like romantic relationships have a lot of gray areas, it's like, like how do I do this? You know what I mean? Because there's gray areas, um, we must go to the scripture for the areas that aren't gray. Can I get an amen? And say, okay, those are the boundaries. Those are the clear boundaries. Can I get an amen somebody? So there are clear boundaries in the scripture. This is what keeps us healthy. It keeps us pure. It keeps us in God's favor, right? Like it keeps us walking with God truly, okay? And so sin destroys and sexual sin destroys. The wages of sin is death. So, okay, clear. But also because there's gray areas, what does that tell us? That there, we must have our own actual personal convictions and, and everybody should have them. Like there's gotta be some core convictions that you personally have because of your life experiences, maybe because of your background, because of what you were involved in before Christ, that look, this might not be um, eternally true for everybody, but but this is a conviction that God has given me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna walk through the relationship, and these are the boundaries of respect and honor and love that 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 I personally require, and that I will not cross and and violate those in in the, in the other person's life, and so we must fall in line with God's word. Can I get an amen? Like just fall in line. Be like, okay, God's word is true as it says it is. It's eternally true. It is life-giving. It convicts us. It, it, the, the word saves us. The word keeps us in God's good graces. When we apply the word, we're blessed. Okay, we don't just hear it, but we do it. Okay, amen. And we must also, we must, in our relationships, folks, we must, we must have personal convictions. You need to know what those are. What are those convictions? What are those parameters that the Holy Spirit has put on your heart that these are just, and you can apply personal convictions to, to your life. And, and our personal convictions, we don't push on other people, but it's what helps keep us in, in God, in, in, in the grace of God. Like one person can do relationships a certain way and you can't, you know, you, you're just, no, I got, I got, I got, I got certain boundaries. And I, what I'm telling you today is, if those convictions are from the Holy Spirit and it's kept you in your walk with God, I'm telling you, hold on to those, don't compromise those. So once again, first point folks, learn to do relationships with God. Acts 17 verse 28. Acts 17 verse 28, for in him we live and move and have our being. As also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring, in him we live and move and have our being. So um, as you approach, let's say you're single, right? Single life, you're, you're single, you're not married, you wanna get married. Um, in him you live and move and have your being, right? Let's um, keep your relationship with God at the forefront, nurture that right, and um, value that now. Have a high value 
for your relationship with Jesus. Okay? Learn to do relations with God. I'm going to read it one more time. Acts 17, verse 20. I think this says it all right here. So every part of our life, not just relationships, man, in him we live and move and have our being. As also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. All right, let's go to another verse here. We're gonna talk about single life a little bit. James chapter three, verse 16 and 17. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. Okay, this is what we want. And I, I'm speaking to everybody here, but in, in, in regard to the single person walking with God, in him you live and move and have your being. And here it is. This, this ought to be our prayer. The wisdom from God is first what? Pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And um, if we're not careful in our single life, and maybe you're approaching dating somebody, we got to keep, like, I'll just, I mean, it's just, this is practical. It's just straight up. But, you know, we, we got to crucify our flesh, right? Uh, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, that, that's Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Okay, and then here in James, he's like, man, where, where envy and self-seeking exist. Okay, because you don't have any other relational concerns like on the level of marriage as a single person. So there is this space that we call it single for a reason, right? It's like you and the Lord, right? And I'm sure you, you might have other responsibilities and relationships. Of course, you should. But, but marriage, the marriage dynamic changes. Marriage and family, family meaning children, changes life, changes the whole dynamic, right? And so uh, what do we do as we're walking with the Lord is, as a single person is that we don't allow our flesh to rule us and run us, okay? That we're not, that we're not you know, living out the lust of the flesh, Okay, that where, you know, it says envy and self-seeking exist. Okay, this is where I think it's so important as single people. I know this is, this might sound cliche today, but that's okay, right? But like the fruit of self-control. We gotta be people that, as single people, that we're exercising, producing, bearing the fruit of self-control. Okay, but I wanna encourage you in that, okay? Is, is here's the next point here. As a single person, you know, live for God and enjoy your season. Live for God and enjoy your season. I don't, I don't believe those are ever mutually exclusive. When you're living for God, there's joy. When you're living for God, there's enjoyment. And I enjoyed my single life. I'll be honest with you. I enjoyed married life much better, but I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it, okay? And so um, live for God. Live for God. Like, you know, not self-seeking, right? As we read in James, but, but God-seeking, right? Doesn't mean you don't take care of yourself. Doesn't mean you don't enjoy life. Doesn't mean you have, don't have fun. Doesn't mean you go and do your thing. And, I mean, you got room to, 
to do what you want to do. <laughs> that when you're married, it ain't the same, right? It's just different. It's not, it's not, I wouldn't even say it's, it's like one is better than the other. In hindsight, I absolutely enjoyed single life. I didn't know what married life was like, okay? Um, I desired it, and I, and I thank God I, I met Crystal Gale and got married, but I'm telling you, I, I would be lying if I told you I did not enjoy being single, okay? I was like single until my early 30s. I uh, didn't get married, actually, until I was 34, and I really enjoyed, I can tell you right now, my life wasn't perfect, and I didn't have it all together, but I walked with God from late teens all the way to my early 30s with the Lord. Did I make mistakes? Yes. Was it a bumpy road? Yes. Um, but can I tell you that I did walk with God through that season of my life? Yes. You know, make sure you have personal convictions, okay? Um, and let your core conviction be, I live to worship Jesus. Let that be your core conviction, okay? Um, be a person that's committed. I'm talking to you. I, I'm a pastor, so here, here's my input for the single people. Have a core conviction to worship Jesus and Jesus alone, okay? Be a person right now. Don't wait till you get married. Don't, 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 don't try to marry a spouse that's going to save you because they're not going to save you, Okay? Don't try to marry a spouse that's going to lead you spiritually. You need to learn to lead yourself spiritually. And be a person that's committed to your own spiritual growth and your own spiritual health. Okay? Because if you go into a, a, a marriage and you don't have that yourself, you won't have it when you're married. Can I get an amen? Okay? This is important when you get married. You need to be solid in your own personal pursuit of Jesus. Okay, it's just important, period. But do it now, okay? Because when you get married, there are gonna be distractions, other things gonna take your attention because of the nature of starting life with this other person and learning how to do life that is not your own anymore in, in a true relational sense, all right? I'm speaking from experience. I've been married 14 years. I love being married, but it's different. I'm saying to all the single people out there, now is the time for you, you know, to have your own core conviction of your pursuit of Jesus, and to be committed to your own personal spiritual growth and health. Do it now. Do it now, okay? And, and I'm just saying the same thing different ways, okay? But here we go. This is what, what am I talking about? Living for God. That's it. Simple. Live for God. How's that look? Here's another way of saying it. Develop a strong spirit. I'm in a strong spirit. You know, the Bible says you're, you're, um, the spirit of man sustains him through sickness. So there's something about our spirit that can even sustain through trial, tribulation, you know, and in that verse, even physical sickness, right? There's something about a strong spirit, you know, read Ephesians 6, be strong in the Lord and power of his might, uh, the various prayers in Colossians and Ephesians, speaking of being, having a strong spirit, being strengthened with might. So whoop, as a single person, these are the things I live for, I'll be honest with you. Um, develop a strong spirit. It's very important in this season. So a strong spirit, meaning you're, you're developing spiritually. You're not just, you know what I'm saying? Just laying around, eating food, getting drunk. You know what I mean? I know those are like extreme examples of not having a strong spirit. 
but are just like all about everything else but your spiritual life. Don't neglect it. Do it now because you need a strong spirit. You don't want to be controlled by your emotions, your mind, your body, right? Those things God gave us, our body, our emotions, our mind. But they, they're to be subservient to the spirit of God in your spirit, strengthened in the spirit of who we are um, through, through the word, through prayer, through pursuit of Jesus. Have a strong spirit. Develop a strong spirit, okay? Um, you know, having a strong spirit, you know, it, let's put it this way, right? Romans says, you know, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so walking in the spirit is that, is that we're not entangled in sin, living in sin. We're, we're, we're living a spiritual life. We're hearing from God. We're walking with God. We're obeying God. We got spiritual disciplines, devotion and Bible reading and prayer. I'm telling you, now is the time to live that life. All right, here we go. Colossians chapter two, verse 23 and 24. Here it is. This is speaking to this single life. Live for God. Live for God and enjoy your season. Okay, so, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Colossians two, verse 24. Knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. For you serve the Lord Christ. As single people, you can grow in your faith, deep roots in Christ. You can develop spiritually. Um, and one of those reasons is because you're single. You know what I mean? Uh, you can, I mean, even the community aspect, the, you're, you're, you, the brothers and sisters in Christ around you, like, man, you got time, right? You got, you know, you got time, you know? And, and, and you, you can, man, you, you got room to just connect with the right people and, you know, Bible studies and groups and gatherings and whatever, man, like do it, uh, you know, and I'm speaking specifically or just on your pursuit of Jesus, your, you know, your commitment to your own spiritual health and growth. This time is so important. It's a time you can singularly enjoy growing in faith. It's literally about you and Jesus, okay? And so here's another way of kind of encouraging you in this is learn who you are in Christ. And you might say, well, I already know that. Well, continue to learn and develop who you are. This is where we, this is where we get grounded in our identity, okay? Where that, that man, you might, you know, you might, you, you're educated, you're doing your thing, you got your job, moved out the house, you're killing it, right? Praise the Lord, right? Maybe you got your friends and man, you're just doing your thing, you know? Um, and you, let's just say, you know, for the sake of argument, you want to get married. Awesome. I'm telling you right now, it's a season. It's the season. As a single person, what's the season? Season is to learn and develop and to know who you are in Christ. Uh, because that, 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 that's, a, that's everything. The devil wants to steal your identity. And even, you know, our emotions and our mind, our body, sometimes if we're not developing spiritually, man, those things, 
And, and this doesn't mean that people just go off into some dark sin. It's just, we just start to build identity around things like our successes, our education, our, our, our job, our status in the marketplace. Praise God for all those things, but those things aren't who you are, right? Like, they're what you do, but it's not who you are. And so um, now is the time to learn about who you are in Christ because those things will not hold you up when the storms come. Those things are not what's going to keep your house from being toppled because of the storms of life. And so it is, it is time and it is a season to learn who you are in Christ, okay? And it's so important because when you get in a relationship, emotions are high. Feels good. It's amazing. It's part of how we're created. It's how we respond when we're in love. You know what I'm saying? It's how we respond in some way. You know what I'm saying? It's like one of the greatest feelings in the world. You know what I mean? To fall in love. Like she loves me. I love her. You know what I'm saying? We got our song. You know what I mean? We got our place we like to eat. We got, you know, all that, all the emotions, man. It's like, man, she's the one. He's the one. It's awesome. But even that, as great as it is, and we were, as human beings, we're created to respond that way. It's how God made us, okay? It's how we are as people. But if you are not grounded spiritually, that could happen. And you could just drift because you just get caught up in the emotions. And guess what? Those emotions, those moments, those high emotions will not last forever. But I am telling you, develop your spirit Develop your spirit. The word of God in you is eternal. That will last forever. It's who you are. You got to stay grounded. It doesn't mean we should. I'm not saying shut emotions down. I'm not saying shut feelings down. I'm just saying don't allow those moments to define who you are. Right? And don't put so much in them that you just lose sight of your spiritual disciplines because you're in love, right? And so that, you know, people say, man, love is blind. Right? People say love is blind. And there is some truth to that. Okay, so learn who you are in Christ. Colossians 2, verse 9. For in him dwells all the fullness of Godhead bodily. Verse 10, Colossians 2. And you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. You're complete in him. That speaks of identity. Complete, whole, right? So another person will never complete you. As a single person, you're not half a person. You're a whole person, right? You're complete in him. And so learn who you really are. Get in the word of God. What does the word say? Who are you in Christ, in him? All right, amen. And and end that, as I said, you know, learn who you are. Live for God and enjoy your season. And I know this might seem like a very redundant point, but this is an official point. I'm talking to single people out there. And I believe this is just healthy for you as a single person is have fun. Have fun, enjoy, right? Travel, you know what I'm saying? Engage in your calling, your career. Go to school, get educated, do your thing. Go back to school, get another degree. I don't know, whatever it is that's in your heart, whatever you wanna do, whatever you feel called to do, whatever you, you know, and do all the social stuff, hanging out. You know what I mean? All the stuff that married people can't be doing. Do it, enjoy, have fun, have fun. Because you need that, like, and I, I'm not being hard on the body, the mind, and the soul today, but I just wanted to emphasize spirit first 
But, you know, your soul needs that. You know, you, what, what is it you enjoy to do? What is it you want to do? Where do you want to fly? Save some money. Go fly somewhere. You know what I mean? Go on a road trip. Do something. Get out the house. Can I get an amen? And maybe for you, like even fun is just chilling by yourself at the house, sipping your tea or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Just chilling. Hey, do it. Okay, live for God and enjoy your season. All right, here we go. Dating life. Dating life. Here we go. I'm just going to give you some practical stuff here about all this. All these scriptures I'm saying are just the basis for the message today. Okay, so before I get into dating and just giving you some, maybe just some advice, right? Colossians 2, 9 and 10, right? You are complete in him. Colossians 2, 23 and 24, whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord, not to men. Whatever you do, live in your life, right? And it also says in verse 24, um, you serve the Lord Christ. Let these, let these scriptures speak to you as a person that, maybe is desiring uh, to date, to get married, maybe you're engaged, whatever it is, let these scriptures um, get planted in your heart today. And then James 3, 16 to 17 talks about not being envious and self-seeking, right? Like we want to make sure we got our boundaries intact, right? Um, and we're going to get into this when it, when it comes to dating. And then Acts 17, 28, in him, we live and move and have our being. Okay, so there's, there's our verses, man, that I just reviewed. But here we go. Here's some pointers for dating right here. Here it is. This is just spiritual input. I'm just trying to just speak into your life and encourage you today. But here it is. Under dating, don't compromise your core convictions. All right? Know who you are before you learn to grow with someone else. Settle that. Settle that. Because in our human nature, if we don't know who we are spiritually, we're not strong spiritually, we will inadvertently place our identity in that person in some way or in our achievements or whatever, okay? But the point is, if your identity is not in Christ, it's somewhere else. Because your identity is somewhere. You're, you're drawing identities from somewhere. You're, you're drawing your why, your why, quote unquote, your why. You're drawing your W-H-Y, your why. You're drawing your reason. You're drawing your meaning of life from somebody or something. And if it's not Christ, it is something else, okay? So, and this is why, because if someone else is stronger than you, it will change you, right? If, they, if somebody's more dominant than you, stronger in whatever they're doing, like you're just gonna follow them. And it, this isn't like, this is this doesn't, this is not like, oh, the, the man is always stronger, the woman is always stronger. It's just whoever is more dominant, if you don't know who you are, you're going to drift. Can I get an amen? Say it with me. Say, don't compromise your core convictions. Here it is. If you're dating, you got somebody checking them out, hanging out with them, whatever that might look for you. This is a very strong encouragement. I'll say this to the grave, to everybody. And I know this sometimes can be what you'd consider a gray area, but here it is. Um, a great area because maybe the context of it is different for everybody, but here it is. I believe this needs to be applied to everybody is include others in the process. Not everybody, but somebody. Include somebody. Friends are important. Family is important. Those you trust, those that have convictions in the Lord, you need these people speaking in your life. And I am telling you, if they are speaking truth in love. If they love you and they're 
maybe warning you or just saying, hey, you might want to adjust this or provide a boundary here or have that conversation, listen to them. I am married to Crystal Gale, Joanne Mandoli, and I've been married for 14 years and we got three kids. And I'm telling you, it started with a hard conversation her friend had with her. Okay, her friend was like, hey, give the man a chance. Okay, and she did. But I'm telling you, if, if Tara Tarver Lynn didn't do that, I don't think we would be married today. So listen to your family and friends that love you and care about you. I'm gonna say it one more time, include others in the process. The people you trust, the people that want the, the greatest good for you, the people that hear from God, the people that are walking with God, okay? The people that speak into your life, you need to hear what they have to say when they speak in the life of romance for you because um, it's, just, it's just important, okay? In, in the multitude of counsel, there is safety, okay? And so read Proverbs, okay? You know, um, the application of this is so important. And some people just are stubborn and they don't wanna listen. Or they over-spiritualize and they think, well, God told me this is my husband, this is my spouse or whatever. And, and it's like, even if he did, if you can't listen to nobody else, there's some red flags. You, you gotta be able to listen to people that care about you that ain't emotionally involved. You need, to, you need to trust a third party. You need somebody outside the context of that relationship, which is just another person of some sort speaking into your life, even if it is of God, even if God is all over it. You know, you need people there to help just speak into it and for you to process through it. You, we say this all the time. Every church in the world says this. You don't have to do life alone, right? Most of the time we say that because we want people to join our groups, right? Or whatever. But, but you don't have to do relationships alone. And um, allow others in, invite others in. It's kind of like this. The metaphor I like to use is kind of, open, you know, you, you know a house gets stuffy or whatever. You just open the windows, let the, let the breeze blow through, fresh air. It's kind of like those people, man. It's like it's like it's like getting the light in and and letting some fresh air blow into that relationship. That's not just the two that are in love. Can I get an amen? All right, we're almost done, folks. Here's another one. Here's another one. It's my input. I'm going to say the the last two here quickly. Don't compromise your core convictions when you're dating. Uh, there's something about in the scripture concerning like I think it was Paul wrote to one of the churches and he was talking about that they had like precious faith. So you want to be equally yoked with people. You want, you know, those main things to be on point because that's who you are. And it's like, you want to be heading in the same direction. Spiritually. Okay, I'm speaking on spiritual matter. Okay, include others in the process. Here's the next one. Monitor how you're doing spiritually. Um, somebody asked me, they're in a dating relationship right now and um, they're believers, they're walking with the Lord. And, you know, like, is this the right one? You know, this person isn't vexed or worried, but they have to question. I think everybody does. Is this the one? Am I making a mistake? Even if it's like awesome and blessed and other people are involved and you're not compromising and, you know, you're both believers and stuff, but you still have that question. I think that's a great question. I think it's, it's good. I, it's normal to be like, okay, I don't want to, I don't know. I, I don't want to marry the wrong person, right? And so I think it's a great question, but the way I answered her was this, like monitor your spiritual um, 
your spiritual condition. Monitor how you're doing spiritually. Like, like is, is, is your spiritual fervor waning? Are, is, is this relationship pulling you from community? Like, you're, you're, you know what I mean? Is it pulling you from the word? Is it pulling you from worship? Are you, are you, in, are you, are you in more of constant frustration and anxiety? Like, is it, is it, you know, so sometimes it's just like, huh, you know, I'm growing. I'm, I am developing. I am pursuing the Lord like this. There's fruit here in that other people around you are kind of celebrating what's happening and they're, present and in there and it's not like something over here in the dark and trying to keep it from the right people that you know that's not good fruit right so how am i maintaining my spiritual disciplines here are some questions am i listening to the godly advice from the others around me and and really this is this only you can answer this is my heart right before god is it you know and that's a good question (laughs) that's a great question all right that's a great question and so, here we go. We're going to end with this. Um, in married life, I'm just going to talk about married life. I'm just going to share one point with this, and then we're going to close. Um, but I hope this helps people walking through these type of relationships or in this very season. I, I really felt my heart today, even specifically for our online community, and those that join with us online on our podcast, just to share uh, more heavily about just single life and um, dating. Um, because like I said, there's a lot of gray areas, right? It's like everybody does this differently in some way, okay? Um, they approach it differently, you know? And But I, I believe I've shared maybe just some advice from me as a person, um, right? As a pastor, some spiritual advice, if I can call it that, some scriptures and stuff, and, and really just shared the, the absolute non-negotiables, right? Like, like the word of God. Your, your, your relationship with Jesus and those core convictions you have. Do not compromise those for anybody. They are not worth it. Somebody say amen, okay? So here we go. When it comes to getting married, uh, whatever this is worth, I just have one point, and here it is. Um, when you get married, all your current relationships with people will change, okay? Does it, it's not bad, it's not it's not good or bad per se. Uh, you know, it's just marriage changes everything. So some of the people you're running with, your best friends, they could still be your best friends forever. But the context changes. Covenant changes them. Okay, and so what I would say to all the married people out there or the people getting married, know this, that they will change. Your working relationships will change. Your, you know, the dudes you kick it with to the men out there. That the context will change. Doesn't mean you're not budget, doesn't mean you need your dude time, whatever you call it, whatever you want to do. But the context changes, the rhythm changes. And you're gonna learn with your spouse how to navigate those changes. Okay, and it's good. That's what covenant does. That's what marriage does. And it's not like all your relations are gonna fall off the fall off a cliff and you'll never see them again, only on holidays or whatever. No, I'm not saying that, but I am saying guaranteed. They will change. They're supposed to change. It's the nature of marriage, the nature of covenant. And what I would, what am I, what is my advice? Learn to be nimble and okay at things that don't have to be how they were. And a lot of it, you're like probably going to be glad. Like, man, I'm married now. You know what I'm saying? I was sick hanging out all the time, everybody. Right? So it's not that it's all bad, but some of it might, you might feel a little bit of a, 
attention there. Like, wow, you know, maybe some, oh, I missed some of that. You know, and so you got to learn how to navigate it with your spouse through prayer and with one another and kind of talk about those things because it's healthy. If, if, those relate, if those relationships outside of your marriage aren't changing, there's something wrong, right? Because just your life's rhythm is different, okay? Uh, single's one thing, dating's one thing, courting's one thing, even being engaged is one thing. Marriage, totally different. And it's a beautiful thing. But just know that when it comes to walking with somebody in covenant, getting married, it's a beautiful thing. But just learn to be pliable and teachable before the Lord and your spouse when it comes to those relationships, just changing and having to navigate them over time. Let me pray for you. Father, I just pray for everybody out there because everybody out there is in some type of relationship and maybe some of them out there are actually desiring to get married and to date and to find that special someone. And sometimes the dating process and meeting people can be very exhausting. So I pray for those that feel exhausted, exhausted by it, the process. Lord, I pray that you would just strengthen them in the pursuit of you. And as they walk with you, God, strengthen them. And I pray for those that are in those relationships. They are in a romantic relationship of some sort, whether they're just dating or even engaged. Lord, I pray, I pray for them that they will stay spiritually strong and grow deep roots in faith as they navigate these relationships. And I pray that Jesus, that you would be glorified in and through all of our relationships. In Jesus' name. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And my prayer is that you go out there and you change your world through the power of Jesus Christ. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings and follow us on social media and check out our website at hopelandla.com. Peace.